0: Hello and welcome to Subculture, a podcast exploring subcultures from around the world. I'm your host and blood baron for this evening, Jake Brennan, and I'm joined today by fellow blood enthusiast currently enjoying her 18th glass pole against the back of the head, it's Joanna Graham. Good evening. We're followed with a man wrapped in 18 different spools of barbed wire, it's Jacob Abbott. Ow, uh, ooh, ow, ooh, it stings. And finally, last but not least, and I'm not really 100% sure what this means, but the five knuckle pucker fucker ben
1: Hyman's.
2: (laughs) i'm not allowed to climb ladders anymore
1: (laughs) what why
0: it's best left to to the mystery of my character oh my god well ding 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 well done guys you can stop bleeding for five minutes we're in an interval so hey guys open question if you had to make a sport cooler and more radical and extreme, what would it be? I'm gonna start with Ben. If you had to make any sport in the world more intense, what would you pick? Oh, I
2: mean, I think mixing robot wars into any sport to make it more intense is a really great idea. Nice. I think the robots need more attention. Elaborate into what you're putting there. I mean, take golf, for example. Imagine golf, but at the same time as hitting balls, they're trying to dodge angry murder robots rolling around the course.
0: <laughs> oh, my days. I'd pay to watch that. Insert robots into anything is better. But well, what about you, Joe? if you had to improve a sport in some way?
1: Well, I was going to say golf, but you know what? It works just as well with tennis. My idea would be to replace the balls with grenades. Ooh. And then you have to, like, you know, whoever loses the round gets hit with the grenade and explodes.
0: So it's kind of a waiting game of being like, you have it. No, you have it. No, you have it. And it's kind of like, when's yeah. it going to go no. off?
1: ultimate hot potato Mm.
0: oh my days oh my (laughs) days well thankfully we are today's episode is about extreme sports and the world of death wrestling now other than what it says on the tin i cannot really elaborate on what i believe death wrestling is other than wrestling with death but i am no expert this evening instead we are joined today by jacob abbott who is our expert and tour guide for today jacob what is death wrestling
3: Yes, well, deathmatch wrestling is the most extreme and violent type of wrestling there is. There are very few rules, and it has a very heavy emphasis on the use of weapons to cause pain, lots of pain, and (laughs) cause heavy bleeding. And these weapons go from the more traditional barbed wire, (laughs) thumbtacks, light tubes, staple guns, and it goes to the more exotic, where you've got dry ice, C4, and in the case of... Yes, and in the case of the desert deathmatch, scorpions. (laughs)
1: Casually dropping C4 in there as a weapon.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my. So it is,
0: as it says on the tin, a very violent sport.
3: Oh, yes, it's extremely violent and dangerous, and not for the faint of heart.
1: I like that you mentioned that it was more violent than any other type of wrestling, because wrestling on the whole, although dangerous, isn't very violent.
3: Mm. No, not really. I guess the only more violent type of wrestling would be. A shoot fight, but that's something completely different. (laughs) I
1: guess you've got like tables, ladders, and chairs matches, so you've got weapons involved, or extreme rules matches where you might have random items.
3: This is one of the things I came up with, the kind of distinction between deathmatch and hardcore wrestling, because they're it's kind of interchangeable, but at the same time, it's kind of different. One way to describe it, which I saw, was it's kind of the difference between like a thriller and a horror film. Okay. So hardcore is more kind of using weapons for the spectacle of it while deathmatch is more using weapons to cause blood and pain and it's more kind of the shock value of that rather than just using it the match itself
1: in wrestling although you use weapons it's very much like designed to be safe like you protect your head and the whole point is not to actually cause damage it's to just make the appearance of damage so where does that line get drawn then
3: well, the thing is, of course it's very bloody, but there's nothing that's ever too dangerous. You know, you're not going to get shot.
0: <laughs> it seems very hmm. intense. Like, this is something I don't think I would go to during a drunk night out and not think to myself, I'll be fine! Because <laughs> some of them, you even see that, like, these guys throw themselves into the audience. This audience participation is a
2: staple of any good theatrical show. Hmm. With staples. Yeah, With, yeah. with actual staples.
1: It's like seeing a movie in 4D. You get all the blood flying at you for real. <laughs> it's like, wow, cool.
3: People have described it as a real-life Tarantino movie. And wow. with the sheer amount of blood, you can sort of see why they'd uh, say that.
1: <laughs> How do you work safely with C4?
3: Well, I don't think they use it as much anymore. It's more of a 90s <laughs> thing. What
1: was the
2: turning so point? C4's so
3: old school. We're, we're
2: talking hydrogen bomb these days, Joe. God, keep up with the times. <laughs>
3: The thing is, when I say C4, I'm not just saying, oh, it's a Roman candle, but they put C4 on the side. No, it was actual C4. Oh, my god. And people would get second-degree burns off of it. Oh, God. Yeah, nasty stuff.
0: On some of the images here, if you just Google deathmatch wrestling, you see that some of the stages are a little bit more elaborate in comparison hmm. to your usual deathmatch stuff. The one here I'm looking at has barbed wire as the outer ring rope. Oh,
1: that's disgusting. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> well,
3: yes. There's... Many different types, to be honest, and we could probably go into that if you want.
0: I'm, I'm down. I, I need to know, because they're the other ones I've also seen that just on dirt.
1: I remember hearing about a WWE wrestling match, I think, involving Kane or The Undertaker, in which the ropes were made of fire.
3: Yes, that's happened a couple of times. Uh... The thing about fire matches is they're probably the most dangerous one, because... It's
1: got a name! <laughs>
3: what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just have a Google of that gang.
1: I don't want to.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The thing about fire matches is they're probably the most dangerous ones. Because say it's thumbtacks, at least you can kind of like brace yourself against them and only hit on certain bits on fire. It's just going to get you and you can't really stop it.
2: Is that fire's new tagline? It's just going to get you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It should be, yeah. In 92, there was a match involving the Sheik, who's kind of an old school wrestler, not to be confused with the Iron Sheik. And he actually ended up in a coma a few months later due oh to god. heat-induced yeah. injuries. Yeah, and then in '96, uh, there's a match with Yukihiro Kanemura, who's a Japanese wrestler who got power-bombed into, and everything just says an inferno. What that means. days? He lost 75% of the skin on his back and shoulders. No, Jesus. oh my god, that's so scary. Yeah. He still has
2: 25%, though. So I mean, <laughs> <Exactly. it could laughs> every be cloud worse. has a silver lining. Yeah. yeah. I'm a skin glass half full kind of guy. <laughs> skin glass half full.
0: Christ. <laughs> so, this is a much smaller thing than usual wrestling. Like, Deathmatch wrestling is a much smaller entity compared to most big mainstream wrestling, and probably a lot smaller than most sort of side wrestling groups. How does it put together? Because, from the looks of it, there seems to be this single figurehead type.
3: Well, that's the thing, yeah. I mean, it is a lot smaller than kind of mainstream wrestling is, but back in the 90s, it was very big there was oh. a new japan pro wrestling which is kind of the japanese wwe between a guy who's very important called at versus chono uh, which actually outdrew both wwe and wcw wow
1: and this is during
3: the attitude era
1: that's like peak peak rivalry between those two companies that's yeah, amazing is,
3: it was massive at the time and then once you hit the 2000s it kind of declined Wow. I
0: wonder what the big decline was, because the the things I've seen are sort of almost like independent, backyard sort of Mm. things people set up as a kind of almost a hobby on the side.
1: (laughs) What a violent hobby to have. (laughs) Yeah, I just set up C4 in my backyard, and I just Mm. throw myself into it.
0: I like being at my mates with a baseball bat covered in barbed wire.
1: (laughs) And when I'm not doing that, I crochet. (laughs)
0: But I mean
2: you could crochet with barbed wire.
1: Oh make it make it deathmatch
2: crochet. <laughs> deathmatch
0: crochet. <laughs> Halfway through the match you just put the barbed wire swear on them. And it's like wrestle me in this and you just keep just sort of giving them like And the barbed wire's on fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what other arts and craft hobbies could you make hardcore? <laughs>
0: um I guess you can kind of do paper mache. Oh. And then you would like to put thumbtacks in it. Yes. And then it's like, hey guys, catch this. Crack over yes. the head.
1: Embroidery with thumbtacks.
0: You just
1: add thumbtacks to anything. It's <laughs> really hardcore.
2: Thumbtacks are uh, nothing to be messed around with. Have you ever stood on a thumbtack? <gasps> In my lifetime, stood on, I believe, three thumbtacks. and uh, Yeah, oh, yeah, it's, it's pretty awful.
1: Would you not learn after the first one?
2: <laughs> well, I didn't put them there. Who
0: and...
1: did? <laughs> I don't know.
0: The nasty thumbtack uh, goblins. Yeah, that's who I we'll blame. Three doesn't sound too bad in comparison to Googling this and looking at some with like a guy who is like wrestling purely on like a bed of thumbtacks, which looks absolutely agonizing.
3: Oh. Oh. Mm. And in fact there's even a type of deathmatch called the barefoot thumbtack deathmatch. Oh. Where you don't have shoes on. That's one for you, Ben. No.
1: <laughs> I saw once Candice LeRae, a wrestler who wrestles currently for NXT, mm. She, I think this is in a PWG show, so this wasn't even like a proper hardcore match or a deathmatch wrestling style or anything. And she had thumbtacks in her mouth and then got like super kicked to the mouth. Oh, It's horrible.
0: That seems to be something that happens a little bit, actually, in the deathmatch wrestling. I do see people like, just filling other people's mouths with thumbtacks and then punching them in the face. <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't do it. Put it in the arsehole instead. Kick <laughs> him there.
3: Well, actually, oh. I'm saying that. there is No, a...
1: Jacob, no!
3: There's a no. lovely little thing called the anus exploding deathmatch.
1: No, no. Sweetiness
3: and Jacob, no. why? I know, no. I know, which involves trying to shove a firecracker up there and light it.
1: Oh, I don't want to do this podcast What's that, but Do both
2: wrestlers have a firecracker and a lighter, yeah. and the only way to win is... <laughs>
3: is to shove it up there. Is to just... Roman
2: candle oh, someone. God.
3: Yeah, and of course there's obviously other fun toys to uh, hit them with. Really what, like guys? Catherine Wheel Nipples? What are we talking? Oh no, just the usual barbed wire, light tubes. C4? C4, yeah. Oh, no. Well, no. The thing about C4 is it's universal, really, because you can also rig up to the ropes. So as you throw someone into the barbed wire, it then blows up.
1: Cool. Yeah.
3: Jesus, I'm just, I'm just looking at some of the images of that alone oh, and
1: seeing what bit like
0: done. And it just feels like having the worst fart in the world.
3: <laughs> Sometimes, actually, as well, they would rig the ring up to explode after a certain amount of time as well.
0: <laughs> oh, my Fucking days.
1: It. it sounds like one of the Saw films. <laughs> oh, want yeah. To play a little game.
0: <laughs> Something I'm quite enjoying, actually, about Googling this is that there's a lot of people who've like been professional photographers, doing their bit to kind of like help promote the place. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of very beautifully dynamic shots of just, like, mm. people wrestling and, like, lots of glass shattering and sort of fire and liquid spilling everywhere. And it's very quite
3: cool. Did you watch the Vice documentary? Yes. I would recommend that documentary of people having wanting another little look into it. It was really eye-opening. Yes. Well, in that, one of the things they really talk about is kind of the art behind it, which seems to be kind of a really big deal here. It's not like, oh, I stabbed him with some scissors. It's, it's <laughs> kind of more about the emphasis on kind of storytelling and the drama that you can kind of create in a, an audience through hitting someone with a flaming chair. I have to say, I think one of the most cinematic endings of a match I've ever seen was in a deathmatch.
1: Really? What happened?
3: It's a match between Tony Funk, who we'll get onto Yay. later. Good old, good Those old Tessa. Those matches
1: were too violent. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Tony Funk. What a, what a guy. <laughs> and Atsushi Anita, which is a no rope exploding barbed wire time bomb death match.
1: Say that again, please.
3: A no rope exploding barbed wire time bomb death match.
1: That sounds so scary. Yes.
3: Oh. To give you an idea, so. The ropes are taken down, barbed wire is put across, Uh, that is rigged with C4. uh, So when you go into it, it blows up, and then after 10 minutes, the ring blows up. uh, Oh my days. Yeah, yeah. And when they get thrown onto the barbed wire ropes, they are just smoking. It's just, it looks brilliant. And then at the very end, Anita has escaped the ring, and Terry Funk is too beat up to continue, and he's just laying there. And The countdown's ticking down. And he just starts to walk away. And, and at the last second, he turns around, dives back into the ring and covers Teddy Funk with his body as the oh! ring blows up. It's, oh, it, it's so good. It's just... Oh, that's it, it's really so nice. 80s. It's painfully 80s mm. and wonderful.
0: I want to quickly segue away whilst we're on that, off the idea of weapons. Because I've seen some... I mean, we joked about at the start of different types of weapons, but there are some here that really just make me cringe and make me think, my days, the trust you put in people's hands... Like the one I found that is, it seems to be quite a common one, which just make me cringe a bit, is like a lot of these sort of wooden straws that they just get in a kind of a pile of a fist in their hand, put it on the person's head, smack the top of it, and they let it go. And it kind of just like makes this really bloody scary looking flower coming ah. out of their head.
3: Mm, it just sticks in. Yeah, it's strange because wrestling, like you said, it requires a lot of trust in another person because yeah. they literally have your life in their hands, but...
1: Yeah, your career, if not your entire life, can be ended with just the slip of someone's foot. Yeah, and it Mm. has
3: happened before. There's been numerous times. Yeah, there have been deaths. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. days.
1: It's mad to me that there are people who want to take part in something like this, Mm. considering there is wrestling, which is already so full of risk.
3: Yeah, that seems to be a big thing, kind of just a sheer passion for violence and deathmatch in general. Mm. I think someone had a very nice
0: uh, little take on the subject being it's like it's controlled primal violence. You know, there's no hate behind it. It's just sort of mm. it's just that adrenaline rush. But knowing, you know, there's no conflict involved.
1: And I suppose out of everywhere to do something like that, like if you want to partake in hitting someone over the head with a light tube, it's the safest place to do it because they actually have medical staff ringside most of the time.
0: Mm-hmm. What I quite liked about, especially that the documentary, because it was kind of set out in the open, you got quite a nice insight into the people and what goes on behind the curtain kind of thing. And, yeah, seeing, like, all the healthcare professionals, all the people, like, family and friends there that were just so chill about the entire thing. Like, it's worryingly wholesome when it's kind of like you've just been beating this guy up with a plank of wood. You go behind the thing and he's shaking hands like, oh, no, don't worry. You could, you could hit me way harder. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Good good match. Glad to help. And but then like, it oh. turns out the
2: match is still going. And as he goes to shake the hand, the hand is strapped with C4 and it all kicks off. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. oh that'd, be, that'd be brilliant. That's meta.
0: <laughs> I remember watching one with this guy with puck covered in nails. Mm. This big lad. And it had, basically this little puck of nails was stuck to his head. Oh. And five of them were there. being like, are you okay? You ready? You ready? And they were just trying to pull it off. And you could just see slowly warping the skin on the top of his head because it was so embedded no. in. It was like, uh But they were just so like, you okay? You fine? It's like, yeah, I just can't feel anything. It's great.
2: <laughs> ah.
0: I don't believe him. I think he could feel that. He's just
2: being a man. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's funny you say that. I'm obviously like, not a deathmatch wrestler myself, but when I stood on those thumbtacks, I had to pull those thumbtacks out. Very similar sensation of, I can tell this really hurts, but it's also numb, and I'm pulling it, and it's warping the skin on my foot, and it's, it's a miserable time.
0: Miserable yes. time.
1: <laughs> oh, you're basically a deathmatch wrestler Basically, no, yes, then. I know. You've got to get into it now.
0: It's got to be a lot of mind over matter, hasn't it?
1: I'm amazed at how long a lot of deathmatch wrestlers manage to do their career for, considering yeah. how hmm. hugely violent it is. Like Pro wrestling, I think, has an average lifespan of it's something really sad. It's like 53 years old It's the mm. average lifespan for a regular wrestler. But like Terry Funk, who's a deathmatch wrestler, he's 74. He's still <laughs> deathmatch wrestling. What's up?
3: <laughs> what a guy. I mean, yeah, he debuted in uh, 65.
1: Bloody hell. So uh, 54
3: years and counting. Wow. What can be said about Terry Funk? I mean, he's, he's just, I don't know. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> I don't know how he does he's it either. He's got the funk. He's got the funk, yeah. Got that sweet Terry Funk.
1: Mike <laughs> Foley, his protege, who like looked mm. up with him, wrestled with him for like many, many years, has had to retire because his body is so broken. Somehow Terry Funk, legit freak human, is still going strong, even though he's done matches with C four.
3: Foley his career well in ring career was twenty nine years, and Terry Funk's is yeah. fifty four. That's oh,
1: insane.
3: That's fifty four years of just getting and whatnot just to go back to make quickly um he had a physical a few years back and it turns out he has acquired scoliosis yes from his matches and he lost three inches off his height because his spine's curved
1: we uh have his autobiography and in the back it lists all of his injuries and like roll of his replaced bones and metal implants and like and various ear. oh it's just extensive he has oh, got is. like 50 of them just like Permanent injuries that cause him pain on a daily basis mm. and will do for the rest of his life. Yeah, it's,
3: it's just it's such ridiculous. It just makes you respect Terry Funk even more, really, for being able to walk, essentially. Respect
1: him or fear him? Or,
3: uh, <laughs> a <laughs> bit of both. If I was a deathmatch wrestler and
0: I saw Terry walk into the ring, that's my career set, more or less. But at the mm. same time, there would be a sense of dread of like, oh, my days. This man, just no fear
1: imagine what it must be like for his family as well because he's got a lovely wife mm. and i think it was a documentary or so i think it was called the wrestling road diaries where you briefly see him at home preparing just before he goes out for a death match Match, and his wife's like you've got your passport honey you know you've got your uh, your special wound healing cream and mm. stuff like this and he's like yes yes i'm fine thank packed you packed in a sandwich go on your way Pat them on the bottom off you go (laughs) stay safe terry
3: they all seem like really lovely people that's a strange (laughs) thing you think they'd all be like psychos but well i think it's the preconception of
0: people assume you're going to be nuts but really because you're sort of letting off Mm. all this controlled testosterone primal anger you suddenly sort of feel very zen like if you've been to a mosh pit the following day you're always quite happy 'Cause you've just sort of vented out all this sort of mm. need to scream and hurt things, but then it's like in a nice
3: controlled
0: therapeutic
3: environment almost. <laughs> and you probably couldn't hurt anyone because you're too beat up. You can barely lift your arms.
0: Exactly. And the guy beating you up is considering your general well-being. Yeah. What more could you want in self-wellness these days? <laughs> so how about we just take a little wee break and get back to some more saucy questions, eh? Yeah. We
1: break. Yeah. break.
3: Woo woo woo. Ah,
0: well, that was great. Well done, guys. Team effort. Oh, hold on a second, Jacob. I've just seen something here, and I think you linked it a bit ago, that Terry
3: has an album. Yes, can I tell you, Funk, he uh, released an album in 1984 called Great Texan. Please tell me it's Funk. Surprisingly not. No, it's ah. soft rock, I guess you'd call it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> what? It's odd. It's strange because it was written by Jimmy Hart, who's a famous wrestling promoter. So that gives you a, a, an idea of the quality
1: not very good <laughs> wrestling promoters are not good people <laughs>
0: oh dear yeah
3: i mean he himself in his autobiography would later like to say all the songs on that album had one thing in common they all sucked yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it's just bizarre i mean you have songs like touch your heart which is like a like a love ballad you have oh, uh, we hate school which is like a teenage rebellion song but he's 40 <laughs> Puff, Puff, nose. it's it's odd There's been quite a few wrestlers over the years who've released an album, and all of them are bad. It's it's strange. It really is. It all seems very wholesome for a deathmatch wrestler. Any key favourites? The opening song, I think it's called Great Texan. It's strange because, especially at this time, he was known for his extremely violent and dangerous matches. But in it, he's like, you know, it's really sad that no one thinks that I've got a sweetheart. I wish people knew how nice I was. I implore everyone, type in "Tay Funk of the Great Texan and listen to that album, because it's... It's a trip. You'll laugh, you'll cry, everything in between. <laughs> I have to say, I was listening to it ironically while making my uh, notes and researching this, and I actually quite like it. Oh, my days! Well,
1: so there's some bangers on there. Barbara Streisand's nose is definite banger.
3: Hmm. I mean, it's terrible because yeah. obviously he doesn't want to sing. No, yeah. <laughs> sort of talks his mm. way through
1: the whole album.
3: Yeah, but it's got some real charm to it. I quite like it, to be honest. Wholesome. Wholesome family entertainment from (laughs) Terry Funk.
0: So if we just thought, you know, let's pack in this podcast business, shut down Subcultured, and let's get into deathmatch wrestling. Because, you know, there's good money in it. Uh,
3: There's not. There's not.
1: Are you telling me that they have to go through exploding rings, C4, barbed wire, ring posts, and they don't even get paid properly?
3: Well, no. In probably the most famous deathmatch of all time... Which was... Let me take a deep breath. IWA Japan Kawasaki Dreams King of the Deathmatch Tournament 95 Final Cactus vs. Terry Funk in a no-roped Barbed Wire Explosive Barbed Wire Boar Time Bomb Deathmatch. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. Is
1: it- That's my name on my album.
3: <laughs> That's going to be my new middle name. <laughs> so, because it's a tournament, they've already wrestled two deathmatches in that night. So they're already beaten up. There's Explosive C4 boards, which originally had four C4 under it, but Terry Funk being... A nutter, upped it to six because it looked oh, better. Oh,
1: I've heard of this.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Terry. There's ladders and Mick Foley burns his arm terribly. And it's like a, a car crash by the end of it. And Foley got $300 and a can of soda for his oh, troubles. Jesus. Yeah.
1: I bet it wasn't even Coke. It was probably Pepsi, which is not it okay. Was
3: definitely Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs>
0: My days, well, I think Terry is more or less becoming the sort of figurehead of this entire subculture amaze. But um, back to my question, saying we're going to sack this off, what would be our like group personas? And I'm going to start with you, Joe, because I'm definitely sure after giving your podcast that you definitely have thought about your wrestling persona. But what would your death match wrestling persona be?
1: This is easy. I would be the blood witch. Ooh. And my powers would include blood control. That would mean that every time that I drew blood from my opponent, I become extra powerful. Like, you know, when Hulk Hogan hulks up, mm. he's like, and he's extra strong. That would be me, but with blood.
0: Oh, I love that. And then
1: on one swerve occasion, I'd have my period and it'd be even <laughs> extra powerful. And I'd just like obliterate everyone in the ring.
0: I mean, to be as tactful as I can with this involves kind of like a sort of a mechanism where you could just, like a hose, just...
1: <laughs> from my vagina. <laughs> yes, it's a big hose.
0: Would you consider the, the time of the month as your weapon of choice?
1: Yes, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Could
0: you imagine, just in the middle of a match, where she got nunchucks from?
2: Oh, oh God, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They're covered in blood.
2: And
0: thumbtacks. <laughs>
1: oh Oh god my vagina hurts now
0: when in doubt add thumbtacks oh my (laughs) (laughs) just oh yeah that would they be comically large as well
1: what the thumbtacks
0: the in the nunchucks
1: oh the nunchucks are you implying something about my (laughs) vagina
0: well i mean we're we're gonna probably hook up some sort of like hose system to kind of really overemphasize (laughs) things i'm just going for the theatric drama at this point it's gonna take some significant engineering
1: yeah, I'm going to have to practice uh, my entryway. <laughs> <laughs> Stretch that thing out. Got to fit this hose in, these nunchucks.
0: <laughs> well, if the Vor episode, the one we do not talk about, tours anything, people are willing to go to extreme lengths to make something as accurate as possible. <laughs> but Ben, what about you? What would your
2: persona be? Much like my signature move at the uh, start of the episode, we could, I myself would be the five-knuckle-pucker fucker. the actual signature move itself I thought this out it's you know we're wrestling we're doing a normal wrestling match I'm winning you get pinned on the ropes I take a step back I put on my signature C4 knuckle duster and I wind (laughs) my arm up a bit and then leave it outstretched and then I'm charging towards your bent over (laughs) body
3: do you not like having fingers out of interest? (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's
2: all part of the show (laughs)
3: <laughs> we'll yeah, pick we, them up
2: we, afterwards. Get them reattached. <laughs> <laughs> There's medics on the site that can do that sort of thing, right?
1: Uh,
3: I mean, if you've got many staple guns nearby, you just show them back on.
2: I've already put the thumbtacks inside their asshole at that point, so <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. naturally, naturally.
3: Yeah. Can we just take a second to enjoy that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let's say it again. Let's get that mm, real enjoyment I've out of it. I've
2: already put the thumbtacks inside of their anus.
1: <laughs> Lovely. Can we get that on a t-shirt?
0: That's definitely merch. That's merch in the future.
1: <laughs> Everyone wants to wear this when visiting their grandparents. <coughs> we should have a whole line of merchandise that's just like, things to wear at family get-togethers so that your family refuse to talk to you. <laughs>
3: That's basically everything we've ever said, isn't it? Yes, oh, it's we... just
1: the script of all of our episodes.
2: <laughs> I mean, we could make it a very classy t-shirt. I'm thinking, I've just got the design going in my head. We've got Da Vinci's Vitruvian man, except he's covered in blood. A ring yes. is barbed wire, and there's just a uh-huh.
0: fine trail of thumbtacks coming out between his legs, just just, just pouring out. <laughs> his fist nice. is bloody. Just the fist. He's yeah. wearing a t-shirt, it just says the five knuckle... Pucker, Pucker,
1: fucker, fucker, yeah. <laughs> It's so hard to say. It Feels dirty in my mouth.
0: Mm. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, so far the the bar's been quite low, so it's only going up, guys. <laughs> Jacob, you've got this to top.
3: Oh, I don't think I can. Well, I was I was thinking I'd be Mr. Nice. And I come Aww. down to the ring to um, why can't we be friends? And if you're nice, and then when the bell rings, I have a steel chair wrapped in barbed wire <laughs> with glass shards and it's on fire. <laughs> And I just turn into the nastiest bastard you've ever seen.
1: <laughs> Love you, that. You
3: sit them down for a cup of tea mm. on the chair. Ha ha, but the tea is acid.
1: <laughs> and then the tea's in their face. Yeah,
3: and it's got a ah! tiny C4 underneath, so it blasts all the hot water into their face. And it's filled with thumbtacks, like tiny bits of <laughs> One thumbtack or two. <laughs> and that biscuit is a scorpion.
1: One of the scorpions is actually Terry Funk! <gasps>
3: oh, no! it has got his moustache.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, I days. like that idea of Terry Funk being the weapon you bring. Yeah. Oh, I might just have to fist Terry Funk Up into someone's anus Just all of Terry Funk
0: Shove him right in there
1: All six foot one of him That's a large man to I fit into an anus
0: I don't know how he'd, he'd translate to the numchucks though Just two of them
1: I'll keep stretching
0: <laughs> If I was to go in I reckon I would And I'm quite proud of this idea Because I had a long time to think about this I would be the sunburn Right, Ooh. And the idea is that my sort of look and feel and arguably almost my weapon would be that I'm covered in sunburn and imagine I'm just sort of shuffling sort of awkwardly down to the stage to the sound of Johnny Cash's Hurt <laughs> and everyone's like pat <laughs> in my belly and my arms and I'm like <laughs> uh, and I'm using that pain to sort of big myself up. I'm almost kind of like very hulkish in the fact like a really sort of cherry pink hulk that I've just sort of can endure a great deal of pain. But really, all I feel inside is just sadness. I liked, oh. there was a
2: little bit of a musical note there just as you were going into your sadness backstory.
0: <laughs> it's a nice little touch. <laughs> but really, deep down inside, sadness. Oh. <laughs> At that point, once I've won the match, somehow, somewhere, I don't have a signature weapon other than just throwing sort of like Factor ten sunscreen in their eyes and down their throat. I kind of just sit on the stage <laughs> quietly. To sort of hello darkness, my old friend, the
2: sound of silence. (laughs) I think you've missed a trick here because what you're actually going to be really good at is the fire matches. Because Mm. you're not going to notice the burns if you're already that burnt. Yeah, good point.
0: That's it. Maybe fire is my secret weapon.
1: Plus, it gives your opponent a great idea for how to attack you. Which is, you know, if I was your opponent, I would peel off your skin. Oh well, I thought
0: we were gonna say you just smack me with some dry ice. <laughs> I was just just hambone him.
1: Just aggressively, <laughs> violently ham-bone you. It's
0: like, you know what, Sunburn, I challenge you to a ham bone off and I'm like, I'll take you on one slap and I'm like, ah and I'm on the floor in dying. You inflict of pain. so
1: much pain on yourself that they just feel bad for you and they're like, you know what you win
0: The Sunburn isn't a smart man, but he's a man of endurance and dedication. A stubborn fucker. (laughs) That's the thing here. What music would you guys go into? Because The Sunburn, obviously, is Johnny Cash's Hurt. What would your introduction music be?
2: Oh, I think the Five Knuckle Pucker Fucker is quite an asshole himself. I think I'd probably just be walking on (laughs) to The Most Annoying Sound in the World
0: by Dumb and Dumber. Oh, (laughs) Oh, that's nice. (laughs) I'm just visualising you coming down just to... (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, what what would the Blood Witch's intro music be?
1: I think it has to be Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. (laughs) Because, you know, oops, I did it again. I summoned my demon blood magic and I set off all the explosives in the ring. And my periods happened.
0: (laughs) There's a very solid theme to this character, which I really enjoy.
1: Plus, I get to be really mean to people and then blame it on my period. (laughs) I'm a demon witch magic powers.
0: What we'll do is we'll have someone, as your arch nemesis called, the bureaucrat. And he's just kind of like, sorry, those nunchucks are mine, text. And, his, and, his, and all his sort of internal pain and sort of signature weapons would just be like emotional debt.
1: If he wants my nunchucks, he has to come and get them. And they are inside me.
0: It's your body, it's your choice, to kick some ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, yes! That's another great t-shirt design. Ben, you're full of them today.
2: Oh. We can have that along the front and then on the back, just like a giant
0: pair of red wings yes it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing oh jacob what was you- <laughs> mr nice's intro music
3: <laughs> like i said either why can't we be friends would be a classic or if you want to kind of be nice but unnerving you'd have to go for something like the telly-tubby theme
0: Ooh. imagine that like, just coming
3: out you're just festooned with weapons and it's going tinky winky dipsy <laughs> It'd be great.
1: I feel the Chuckle Brothers theme would also be creepy yeah, yeah. in a horrible way. <laughs>
3: you could do um, "To Me, To You," but with like a, a cheese grater or something.
1: Uh, oh, just like, uh,
0: just oh, just like, not to me, uh, not to you, not to me, and then just oh, the guys below like, ah, <laughs> A lot of slapstick. It'd be great. Oh. oh my days. So let's look at the community because it's something I quite enjoyed next to the kind of wholesomeness backstage where people just literally screaming for blood with the understanding of, well, we don't want them to die or get seriously hurt, but I'd happily enjoy watching him take like a little hacksaw to this guy's forehead.
1: Oh, have you seen John Moxley do that? Yeah. Ooh. I was really hoping
2: he was just making up an extreme situation. That That doesn't happen, does
1: it? It is fake, it is fake, and he has a video where he talks about how it's fake, and he's like, you fucking idiots, you really think I'd, like, bring a hacksaw to my face? But yes, you're a fucking deathmatch wrestler, you're an <laughs> idiot. Of course I think you actually took a hacksaw to your own face. That's, like, your job.
0: Yeah, it's an electric one as well, which is just like, oh.
1: <sighs> And the blood, is just everywhere. It's it ugh. is.
0: Oh my days. But uh, Jacob, what can you tell us a bit more about the community? Like, does the community, in terms of wrestlers, fans, the organisations, does it beat the population of Wales?
3: Well, that's the thing. It's, it's very difficult to find numbers these days because, like I said at the start, it has declined. For example, like I said, the match between Anita and Chono was watched by 53,000 people. And then you get things like CZW's Tournament of Death gets about 1,000 people.
1: Wow, that's so few.
3: Yeah, there's massive difference. But nowadays, because everything can go online, how can you fully tell? Yeah, that's true. Especially when it's spread out over so many different companies now.
0: Well, in which case, I'm going to assume that if it's smaller than, it's classified as a subculture. So well done, guys. So, <laughs> <laughs> keeping on, on, on the subject of wrestlers and the hero of the era, that is Terry, the
3: immortal man. Are there any other interesting characters currently on the scene? Well, he's not necessarily on the scene at the moment. Well, actually, maybe this is, but I think I need to mention Atsushi Anita again because he is one of the big people behind this. He was the guy who introduced it and kind of popularised it in Japan and kind wow. of led to this this heyday. And he's yeah. a, a very important character.
0: It's very interesting that it seems uh, to be so big there, considering that all the sort of the stuff you look at these days seems very sort of American backyard, just girls guys fattened guys.
1: There's so many examples of American wrestlers stealing Japanese wrestlers' moves or ideas. It's so common. But that's not really
2: restricted to just wrestling now, is it? Because No. no the course. Japanese <laughs> always come up with the best ideas in
1: game shows and things like that. Mm. Yeah, and we just nick them because we have no ideas.
0: Where's our deathmatch wrestling? Oh no, wait, the BBC's made wholesome snuggle wrestling. Nowhere near as good.
3: Even snuggle
1: though- wrestling?
3: In the nineties, Japan was the place to go, and it was by far the most violent. I think the closest America had was ECW, Extreme Championship uh, yeah. Wrestling, which is
1: nothing in comparison. Like people go oh, no. on about ECW as though it's like the pinnacle of violent wrestling, and it's it's so soft compared to deathmatch wrestling.
3: Definitely. I mean, they did have barbed wire and flaming tables and things like that, but compared to some of the Japanese stuff, it's just a completely different league. Yeah. Joe. Yes. I think I found the blood witch.
1: What? Are you saying I stole my gimmick and someone's actually already done it?
2: (laughs) I don't want to accuse you of that, but if you just look at the top (laughs) YouTube link I've just posted.
1: Oh my god. Oh, Priscilla Kelly! I'm familiar with this! Yes, this was part of my inspiration. I'll describe it for the listeners. Yeah, please do. Priscilla Kelly takes out her tampon. It's very bloodied. And uh, then she puts it in her opponent's mouth.
2: Hmm. the catchphrase she says just before she performs this is really quite something do you want to taste the tuna
1: (laughs) is what she screams at her
2: opponent before she does this
1: extra raw
2: oh my
0: days
1: (laughs) it's uh pretty incredible i think it's one of the most innovative things that's been done in wrestling in the past couple of decades but there was such an uproar when she did this people saying it's disgusting it shouldn't be allowed Jim Cornette, I think it was, who's like one of the old veterans of wrestling, was like, it's disgusting and I can't believe women are ruining wrestling. It's like...
0: Yeah, what? That was so hardcore, though.
1: It's so cool. And it was fake as well. It wasn't even a real tampon. Like, get over it.
0: Hats off all those who do deathmatch wrestling. We have to all admit there's an amount of set skill in hurting someone without actually hurting someone. And there's something quite lovely and wholesome of the kind of trust you can put in individuals to hurt you in a way that won't be permanent but still enough to kind of keep the audience happy and proud. And uh, the subculture as well of the people who watch it and support it, you know. Good to get your kicks and just enjoy a bit of primal rage. Pretty old ultraviolence. Indeed, but safe and wholesome ultraviolence.
1: Is it though? (laughs) Uh,
0: uh, Well, that's... I'm optimistic. The Vice thing made me feel it was at least wholesome. Safe? It's wholesome, yeah. Safe, meh, but who wants safe?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They are, at least the competitors are fully aware of the risks involved and thrive off that.
0: Exactly. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you all for enjoying another exciting, wonderful episode of Subcultured. Thank you, Jacob, again for being our tour guide this evening. And we are the Subcultured Board of Tourism and we apologise for this message.
2: I've been urinating mm. this entire time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's an incredible batter control, Ben.